All right, welcome to Say Sure Podcast. I'm Scoot Magoo. I'm Jim Jam. And we made a semi-annual, regular pilgrimage. Annual? To, um, yeah, I guess not annual. Yeah, we, monthly. You know what? Occasionally, we like to go to one of we, the bull mooses that are out of our general range, either in you know Keene, New Hampshire, or Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Yeah. We went to Key, uh, Portsmouth yesterday, and it was you know, a beautiful day. We got to buy some cool records uh jimmy a few more than me uh, uh quite a few more yeah uh, but we'll get into that in a little yeah. bit uh, but i'm gonna lead off then and then we're yeah. gonna talk about some of the albums we wanted to get uh, i did a a metal sweep first uh didn't get as many albums as i wanted to i just recently i've been wanting a really nice uh uh, really nice metal you know like i've been streaming um painkiller by judas priest and some iron yes. so just some stuff that was on my mind uh and the, the classics two, man two metal albums i got were they're, they're not especially related to one another and <laughs> one isn't even really metal per se but that's okay that's the that's the beauty of uh that's the beauty of the metal section hey, um nothing wrong with metal i man. think i think that's why i always go there first just because there's so much variety you can find i mean there's obviously variety in every section but for metal i feel like i i don't know like usually i i love portsmouth's metal section but like it was really lacking for me this this time around yeah there was some stuff i thought was it just i mean there's always stuff that i find is cool but obviously it's the intersection of um you know is it in good condition yeah is it um you know is it stuff i want is it good well priced there, there were just certain things that, like, like I was looking for that, um, that Ken Mode album, um, the, the, you know, I think it's Success, the, the one that comes be the, the second to newest one. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and uh, even like Leprous and you know things like that, and like you nails, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, like I couldn't find any of that. Really, and that's it was, weird. Yeah, it was really, it, it was really disappointing. So, um, but anyway. Um, yeah, let's, let's go. Yeah, so the first album I got, I actually reviewed the band's uh, newest album that came out this year, which uh, potentially might be their last. I guess we'll see how things pan out. Uh, this is an album um, that I think has had mixed, or had mixed reception at the time. The band kind of went through a, an overhaul of their sound right around this album's release with their previous release, Jupiter. And this is Ant- Antenna oh. by Cave In. Yeah. Went from kind of like a mathcore, metalcore band into almost like space rock and post-hardcore and, you know, in some cases just alternative rock. Wait, uh, is Antenna, the, Antenna's the second to newest one, right? I, for, I There might have been one, in because I know they came back with White Silence. Uh, oh, I, I, of, I thought it was Jupiter, then Antenna. Um, I'm going to look it up. While, while while you tell me about this yeah I might I might have skipped over my words but yeah they, they came out with you know until your your hearts are like they came out with some metalcore albums and they came out with Jupiter and then followed with Antenna which really doubled down on the space rock and alternative rock and then I forget if they released a new album I think they released so, another album before yeah so it was Jupiter then Antenna then pit, Perfect Pitch Black then White Silence and then Final Transmission which yeah what I, I, I don't remember your review of Final Transmission. I, I I thought it was positive, right? I, I really enjoyed it, yeah. yeah. I thought it had, you know, some of their some of the best realizations of their sound. There really weren't many heavy moments, it was which isn't surprising since they have even White Silence. White Silence had a bit more of that edge to it, but still mm. it was definitely more of a melodic release. That was a great album too. I, I um, really need to give Jupiter another listen. Like and not because I, I didn't like it last time I listened to it. It's just it's been like years since yeah, I've given a listen. Actually the same, that's one of the reasons I bought Antenna is because I bought um based on Decibel's top hundred albums of the decade. It, I think they oh, ranked yeah. Jupiter second only to Jane Doe. Yeah. W- w- which um, I found to be just total bs the first time i learned about that but <laughs> well i frankly I, I was like oh so this must be like a cool like i it kind of looks like a post metal album cover 
Yeah. So I bought it just based off that recommendation, and and frankly, it sounded nothing like I expect. I oh, frankly yeah. don't. It's, I don't remember much of what it sounded it's, like. But well, I, it's it's really not metal. I yeah, mean, exactly. I mean, it came it came from a band that you know obviously is from the pretty much actually the same scene that uh, Converge. Converge came. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't even think that's. I think it literally is the same exact scene. It is. Um, and what's really cool is that they have. Um, uh, I think that's what I wrote in my review is that the uh, Caleb Schofield when he he passed away i could just i could picture um you know exactly where if he got in the bad car accident and it just it, it uh i guess it, cool obviously that that is, isn't the right word i apologize it, it was <laughs> it was just more of a it just added a layer of depth to the new project and it kind of revitalized my interest in cave so i've i've you know every time i've gone cd shop living i've looked for their music because i i forgot how cool um and just how how well they balance that with the space rock influences like they're not going totally into like the spiritualized or that kind of realm but yeah. they definitely have that area atmosphere that they bring to like their post hardcore and that kind of a cool youthful like not you know full-on radio alternative rock but definitely just more of a it's thoughtful of a, yeah of like a, a straightforward rock sound uh, so i'm really looking forward to giving this a listen i've actually i've never heard this album i know it was really poorly received because jupiter i think for some reason hit just the right chord with their metal fans but antenna i guess was way way too much into that non-metal direction i guess i mean i'm huh. just speaking off of what i read i i really don't know how true that is um i'm speaking people of, liking white noise but yeah white yeah. white silence is fantastic white silence, I, yeah. I think that that's a great album and i'm glad that it, um they came back with that because i, I think personally i pr- would prefer white silence to final transmission but i think final transmission is kind of a unique um story and archetype to it so mm. um but speaking of albums that are very much a metal album uh i had no inkling or really had no pre knowledge of even looking for this artist but i saw it i saw the price and actually there were two copies one that was i think a dollar or two more expensive and then this one they literally were in the exact same condition i have no idea why this one was uh this one was three three ninety seven, and the other one was like five or six bucks i forget huh. um but again keeping with that traditional metal kick uh, i do not own an album by this artist and figured it was time to change that so i bought uh the last in line by dio oh um yeah. who we rock <laughs> i've always appreciated his vocals but just never I don't have any of his albums with Black Sabbath or Me either. with Rainbow or, you know, obviously with, with Dio. Um, and I just figured it's really cheap and that's a style that I've been, you know, listening to a lot recently. So why not? Um, uh, th- there's a song off of that album and I'm trying to remember now. Let's see. Uh, Last in Line. Yeah, because I just remember really like, I think it was, I think it's the title track. That I was like, I love that track, and it just the album cover itself is super cool. It is really, it, it is like quintessential. Like I remember I was looking through the the CDs, and I was like, oh, that's that's a really cool album cover. I was like, oh, Dio, and I was like, oh, look at that print. It was just kind of like, oh, all right, yeah, I guess I'm, I guess I'm getting this. Yeah, um, I, I I thought about getting. I really should get some Dio at some point. Um, yeah, because I mean, I I like Holy Diver. It's such a great song. Yeah, you know? exactly. It, like Rainbow in the Dark. Even though I think Dio doesn't. You know, I, I think he kind of didn't like it after it, after it came out. I I, re- I think it's a great track. So yeah, and, and he's he's someone obviously he's revered in the you know in the metal metal history and, uh, and I've always New loved Hampshire his voice. native as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, there's just a lot about him that would uh, would lead me to want to own some of his stuff, and I figured it was time to just just pull the trigger. I mean, I don't yeah. think this is this is one of his. Higher rated albums. I don't think it's his. Yeah, it's. Most... Uh, I think Holy Diver is the highest, and then yeah. Last in Line. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, I was just looking for, um, just wanted to get it to, to get it. I think that it'll be a, a great album. So I mean, seriously, like like three ninety seven for Last in Line. That's pretty good, man. Yeah, and, and I always. I mean, that happens sometimes with with releases where they'll have two identical copies, and one is significantly. Well, I mean, obviously. It's, yeah, I, I actually had that uh, in in one of my purchases as well, but we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think totally totally worth a pretty pretty small amount of money. Yeah. Um, next, this is an artist that I bought. I forget if I talked about it on. I think I did actually. I bought it. 
on one of our CD buys, if I remember correctly, and just it always wanted to get into this artist's back catalog. They've released a number of new albums recently that I have enjoyed a lot, but I, I know that they are kind of in a, a, d a different stage of their career, and the albums everyone loves have since come out, but this is um, the Eternal... Eternal, it's a really weird font. I think the Eternal deck, or Eternal's deck, whatever. What was um, this, a Yu-Gi-Oh pack? <laughs> I know. It's weird because like the font, if you saw the font, it's, it's really bizarre. But it's uh, by the Mountain Goats. Um, oh, okay. I loved, I have the, uh, the Sunset Tree, which I bought. I just, I love their new, you know, they've done uh, an album on D&D, on Pro Wrestling, on Goss, that they've come on the last several years that I've mm -hmm. really enjoyed. But they're, you know, the core of their sound and what people really call to are albums that have come before so i'm slowly getting their back catalog i'll probably end up um complete just because I've, I've really been more um interested in this kind of folksy sound recently I, I was i think at some point i'll i'll complete the melvin's discography but i kind of the the sludgy sound wore off of me so i'm taking the yeah. break right now and then eventually i'll re-listen to it and be like oh i gotta buy all their stuff again <laughs> but right now i'm really into this folksy um i've been in this folksy theme so um really yeah, like, I, I've, again i've no idea this is one of their new i think this came out in like 2011 yeah 2011 so they have like a huge discography for yeah it's gonna take a while <laughs> it's gonna take a while to complete but uh it was a pretty good price and i am really excited to listen to it because i love the sunset tree i think he um i forget the john darniel yeah uh he has a great you know humor to him he's a good lyricist the the folk instrumentation always switches up it's not just um, you know, like just the same lineup you'd expect on every single track. Uh, there's yeah. some, you know, whimsical piano tracks. There's some tracks that are, you know, typical folk rock band. Um, so yeah, really glad to, to find that. Nice, man. Um, next, this is a band I have wanted to... I own a couple of their albums. Actually, I don't think I have them, but I, I've listened to them a lot growing up because my parents had um, two of their bigger albums, uh, Automatic for the People, and oh, okay. uh, I forget... What's the one with uh, seeing the world as we know it on it? What's that I, album? I don't know. I Automatic for the People is like the only REM album that I really know. Yeah. Or at least I like the title that I know. Like I, I don't think I've ever really listened to like an REM album because I've just had no interest. Honestly. Yeah, I, I think it was an Automatic for the People in full. I know I, I skipped around on songs back in the day, but um, there was a period of time. Or I think I'm, I've always been interested in like. Uh, you know, 80s and 90s oh, rock, the, like that. Yeah. Just kind of. So, I uh, the one that has uh, is the end of the world as we know it is uh, document. Yes, document. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like yeah, I've always... I feel fine. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> periodically, I've you know I've always been interested in you know guitar driven rock rock from the 80s and uh, 90s and. REM's a pretty pretty big player in that scene. You oh know, yeah. the, the college rock scene, the college radio rock scene, um, and. Uh, I purchased Murmur because it was a good price, and that's considered their one of their best. Um, it has a radio for Europe, which was the, you know the song that really helped kick them off. Um, I'm noticing that they have a song in here called "Perfect Circle," which I don't know if there's any influence there. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's um, interesting. You never. It's always. I mean, it, like, so I don't know if it, I don't know if you noticed that um, the second to last. A Perfect Circle album was a covers album for the most part, and they had like all these random covers. Um, like I, I let me see. All I'm doing is looking up Wikipedia articles this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, I just here's here's just a little. Um, there is uh, Imagine the John Lennon song, uh, Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On." Gimme, Gimme, Gimme by Black Flag. People are people. Freedom of Choice by Devo. Uh, and a Joni Mitchell cover, just among many others. Interesting. That is quite a quite a spread. Yeah, and they all uh they're all kind of boring. Um IMO. <laughs> but um anyway, sorry, to go back to REM. <laughs> yeah, I mean it just it kind of um it kind of makes sense that that's a style I've always been interested in. They are, you know, one of the most famous, you know, guitar-driven and just general rock bands of the last several decades. Can, can I like butt in on this because, like, 
I, I, I honestly think that people like R.E.M. more for the album cover for Automatic for the People than the actual band itself. Like, it's, it's like Joy Division with Unknown Pleasures. Like, I think just people love that album cover. Like, it, it, they sort of forget that there's, like, music behind it. Like, and it, this isn't to say that, like, I think R.E.M.'s a bad band. I am very ambivalent to their music. I just, I see that album cover everywhere. And, like, people always talk about either that album or the track Losing My Religion. And it's like... Come on, guys! Like they, they they've put out more albums than than that. Like <laughs> yeah, they, they put out a number. I think the reason I settled on this one is just because, um, uh, you know, it's it's their, their first one. It was relatively inexpensive. Um, yeah. And I am looking forward to giving it a shot. I have not. I did spend a lot of time just because my parents had Document and Automatic for People, so I listened to those albums more than anything else. Uh, you know, yeah. Like I, I remember I listen to Night Swimming all the time. I just love that. It's so so beautiful. Um, but looking forward to listening to one of their more you know rock oriented college radio um, albums. I when I when I think of college radio, I I think of like Sugar Ray for some reason. But um, I, I I guess I guess I guess the, the, there's a wide variety of college radio rock. Yeah, so. I, I mean I, I always that was always what you know they kind of got their start. That that's at least what I'm. Well, maybe I'm like maybe it's because college is a little bit different now than it used to be. I think maybe like back in the '80s, it actually used to mean something. Um, whereas, whereas I think by the time like Sugar Ray sort of got into it, it's like it was just all about you know, <laughs> like just down in Keystone Light and, <laughs> and just fucking shit up. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. I um... Yeah, I think that they're they're a band I'm looking forward to getting more into, and yeah. I think I think that was kind of the theme of this trip is that I I got albums from bands that either I recently been listening to a lot more or always just wanted to try out a bit more, including uh, there was remember I had that huge well obviously anyone listening won't know but the, when I had that huge buy from Music Connection where they had a sale, I, uh, I don't know yeah if did, didn't you get like a Perry Ubu CD. I yes, think. that was yeah. that was one of them, and I got the, you know a ton of CDs for a relatively low price. I I, I really need to go there at some point. They have a pretty. I mean, they're definitely improved over the years because uh, you know when. Oh I yeah, was, I do, do, I remember going there years and years ago, and it just smelled like smoke and like everything. It was just disgusting. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So there, I found um, a album by a band that I've heard about or had heard of before. I was like, you know what, let me try it out because it looked really zany and weird. And that band was They Might Be Giants. And I okay. bought their yeah. first... I think it was the first album. I don't think it's self-titled. It might be. But it was a, such a weird album that I think the best way to describe it is... Uh, like, they're... Each song was relatively short, almost like the length of a, a TV theme song. It kind of sounded <laughs> like a TV jingle for animated shows that weren't like weren't necessarily inappropriate or graphic, but were just like really bizarre. Like just okay. sounded like really weird, off kilter Saturday morning cartoon jingles. Um, and it was like endearing, but also kind of off kilter and, and a little bit experimental, but also very like poppy and almost saccharine. It was just a weird balance of a lot of almost clashing emotions <laughs> the, the the first thing that comes into my mind and it, i don't really under, know why but um the rocket power theme that might not be that far i mean it's definitely a little bit more um, yeah laid back but. yeah like like just like very weird so they had a number of their cds they, they, this is another band that has released a ton of material oh yeah um yeah. And this is an album called Apollo 18. All their albums have a ton of tracks. This one has, uh, well, there are seven or 18 proper tracks. So it goes one through 17, and then there's a huge gap, uh, a huge gap and then there's track 38. I guess there are a number of like weird vignettes that go like hidden tracks between 17 and 38. Oh, uh, I, I thought it was like one of those corn, you know, things where like, you know, like, the, like there's a bunch of like tracks that are just like one second of silence. They're all late. Like when I looked on Wikipedia, they're all labeled with like quotes as if they're random, like spoken word snippets. Again, I have no idea. I haven't listened to it. Huh. Um, 
the reason I picked this one is it was ranked relatively high on there on Rate Me Music, but the main reason I picked it is because it has a um, giant whale, like a Moby Dick-like whale, fighting a huge kraken in space. And if that isn't one of the best album covers I've seen in some time, then I don't know what is. I mean, that 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 sounds like like something someone would paint on like the side of their van in the seventies. Yes, and, and like I and, and I'm all for it. And I was about to say that I am all about it, and so yeah. I'm looking forward to listening to it. It's just it's a very odd. Like I still don't know how to place. Like I like what they do, but I, I it like wobbles between liking it and appreciating it. But ultimately, I'm like I like this, but it's very weird. Like it's just it's unlike anything I've heard without being too experienced. I don't know. Like I don't know. I, I really want to. I want to dive more into this band. Yeah, they I, really... I, I'm kind of interested in this now because, like, I mean, just TV, like TV intro music, the album. Like, I, I kind of want yeah, that. Like, that, it'd be, that's, that's it'd legitimately. Be cool. So you, you go ahead. That's legitimately mm-hmm. what their, you know, their the first album that I, and their debut sounds like. It sounded like just really odd children's cartoons. Like, <laughs> See, obviously, that, that I, don't exist. But I would like, like, like I think it'd be so cool for a band to do nothing but tv intro music like do actual covers of tv like famous tv intros like throughout the year so like do the charles in charge theme and like cheers yeah (laughs) um that that would i i i would buy that i mean i would probably only listen to it once uh but i would buy it (laughs) yeah i mean maybe that's like the folk album i need to make like maybe I just need to like do like that one folk album that all I do is just covers of of TV shows. <laughs> you should. I mean, I would. I would love to hear that. <laughs> God, that would be so. I don't. I don't. I mean, <laughs> that would be really funny though. Uh, anyway, <laughs> is a. Uh, I think you have one more, right? Where's that? No, that's it. Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I have uh, 17 albums. I bought 16 at, at Bulmo's, and then I had another one come in today. So, um, yeah, I just going in, I don't know, I, I had a bunch of stuff written down, but I didn't really find a whole lot of it. Um, you know, they, they, I don't know, there's something weird about that. Like, it felt like, like this, like Portsmouth was missing, like, some key albums by like some key artists like they didn't have uh, a copy of freaking um like elton john's madman across the water and things like that like or at least used copies and it's like how do you not have a used copy of that album like like there's certain things like that and like they had moved the uh the classical section around which uh, kind of confused me. They, you know what's really weird is that they they separated their classical section into uh, composer and then performer. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like. Which I mean, yeah. l- 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 like I, I literally the only two, uh, you know, I I can really only think of like a handful of like classical performers. Honestly, like like Glenn Gould is like the first one that comes to my mind, and then. Um, Fuck the guy who used to work with John Cage. I can't even remember his name now. Um, shit. Anyway, so let's just get into this. Uh, the first one is actually from the classical section. Uh, it's the uh, it's the album "Chant" by the Benedictine monks of Santo Domingo de Silos. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that um it's that really famous uh, Gregorian chant album that that got like double platinum back in the '90s because it was supposedly like um, calming, I guess. Uh, and I, I've thought about buying this for a while now, and I'm just like, okay, because like I I love Gregorian chant. I love like that early uh, medieval classical music. Um, you know, I always I always have that Sequentia album full of uh, Hildegard von Bingen uh, mm-hmm. compositions. I love that album, so I just kind of wanted to add to that. And uh, it's like I haven't listened to any of these yet, um, but I can't wait to listen to it. So I actually have these all in. Um, alphabetical order too so yay yeah i was wondering if you noticed that That, that's what i do whenever we do these cd buys i try to put them in yeah well so usually if we record it live like i just take them right out of my bag and i just you know what whatever comes first comes first um but yeah i'm a big nerd where like i'll i'll organize them alphabetically 
Yeah, I mean, even when we record, <laughs> that's what I did this time because I ended up just writing them all down because I haven't like just in this like this huge stack on uh, right next to my CD player, and I'm like, I I don't I don't want to touch that like that that tower is going over if I get near that. So um, anyway, so uh, next one, uh, David Bowie, Let's Dance. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe not the most popular Bowie album, but I've been really in the mood for some new Bowie and. Um, you know, they didn't really have a whole lot in terms of used stuff that either I, you know, didn't already own or that, you know, was was new. Or, like, they, you know, they, they had a lot of new stuff that was just, you know, it's a little overpriced for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they had this copy of Let's Dance for, like, six, seven bucks. And I'm like, yeah, I'm buying the hell out of this. I think I've only listened to the title track of it. But I've always heard good things about Let's Dance, or at least from, even though people don't consider it one of the best Bowie albums. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's a fun. Uh, I just, I don't know, I, I actually had Station to Station on today, too, uh, in the car, but funny coincidence. Uh, next up is uh, John Coltrane's last album while he was alive, uh, Expression. Nice. Uh, which... I think I have almost all of his um, Impulse albums now. I, I think I'm only missing mm, Africa Brass, I think. And um, oh, there's one more, and I, I can't remember it. Uh, Ohm. That, that, that's what it was. Um, is, it, is that one of his spiritual albums? Expression? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like literally the last album he put out. Oh, I was referencing our conversation from earlier. Oh, 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 God, yeah, yeah. So, do you you want to explain that? (laughs) Yeah, I was watching What's in My Bag with uh, Michael Akerfeld from uh, OPEF, and he had some actually some some pretty good picks. He bought the most recent, not the one that's coming out this Friday, but the most recent um, John Coltrane from the Grave reissue, whatever. Yeah. Um, Uh, He's talking about uh, two directions at once. Yep. Uh, And he was talking about how he loves. Ole Coltrane and I love Supreme, but you know, then he talks about how you got really spiritual with albums like Ohm and uh, Ascension. Um, Ascension, and then he just said, you know, terrible, just just terrible. It's like, and like, like fuck you, Mikhail. <laughs> it's like so, it's so weird to hear like a you know a serious musician who obviously their music is about being progressive and and you know technical and whatnot. Just write, I mean, even if you if you don't like it, whatever. It's not exactly like the easiest music to listen to, but like yeah. to write to write off such an essential jazz album like that. Yeah, I mean, it, Ascension is like could could honestly be the most important album Coltrane ever put out. Yeah, uh, and, and I, like I think to, some people may say Love Supreme, but you know, you know me. So. Yeah, and, and to, to be so flippant about it is just so yeah. Yeah, and I mean, what bothered me about that whole thing was just how he just sort of waved away Coltrane's like spiritual side, which is like really like I I feel like nobody's been able to truly like document Coltrane's um spiritual journey that well like I I feel like somebody could write a book just solely about it and like I would love to read it maybe it's up to me to write it I don't know um <laughs> but uh yeah so expression I actually haven't listened to this one either um you know just thought like you know I saw it there and I'm like I I have to buy this like you know, it's it's very rare that I see expression around, so I really wanted to get it. So, um, next up is uh, I think the only metal album I have. No, uh, one of the two only metal albums I have today, and uh, it's uh, Dream Theater Train Train of Thought. Oh, which is, um, interesting. Yeah, which is the only Dream Theater album I actually like. Um, to be totally honest, I I find the rest of their albums kind of not intolerable, but just kind of. Um, so like just very samey, but I, I've always loved Train of Thought. I think it's just a great, great album. Uh, James Labrie's vocals can get a little much by the end of it, but um, it's still like a really cool listen. Like it, it's it's really it's the first thing I think of when I think of prog metal. Um, uh, just because like John Petrucci has like this way of like just playing guitar that just screams just prog metal like they're just so quintessential prog metal to me that it's just really cool to have this album finally so because i mean i've been listening to this thing for years now and i just have never bought it so yeah i don't 
as someone who's been getting more into prog, I think it's it's kind of an oversight that I haven't because I've heard Dream Theater albums in the past. I just haven't. Yeah. I, I think that the their attitude about you know has always like some the, of the things I've, I've seen Portnoy say, for example, which I know I don't well, think he's in the band anymore. He but. isn't, and and Portnoy is a douchebag. Yeah, so. exactly. So it just always I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to look, but I really should give them it because you know especially all the prog metal that I've been in prog. Yeah. Rock the 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 thing is like. I, I feel like they represent everything good and bad about prog metal. Um, like, they have some great tracks, but then there's also just, like, so much bullcrap <laughs> that, that they kind of put into it sometimes. And it gets to be a lot. Like, there's... Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the album, but there's a track called uh, Constant Motion. It's a really great track. Or, like, you know, they... like. Sometimes they'll have, like, these concepts that don't, like, play out very well. Um, like, Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence or, like, um, Memories from a Dream, I think, is mm-hmm. one of them. I don't know. It's, uh, like, and they just have such a huge discography at this point uh, that it's just, like, it's kind of unwieldy in a way. Yeah, and I think the way that I've seen people talk about them online is, like, you know, this is the uh, music aficionado's music. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, and, and that, that's, that's very, very selective... Uh, you know, sampling from what different people I've seen say, both yeah. people I know and people I've seen online. So, I mean, I really, I think just personally, I'm interested in giving them a shot because yeah, I mean, they, I mean, I never would have interesting. thought of, yeah. I never would have thought I would have liked to ban like Leprous, you know, even a year or two, <laughs> yeah, ago, so, or you know, two years ago. At this yeah, point. but I mean, like, like I think Leprous has like this interesting edge to them. I, I sure. think like Dream Theater really is just like kind of like King Crimson, but like they just decided to go a little heavier. Basically, interesting. Um, it, it, though that actually I, I makes sh- me want to listen to them more. Frankly, well, okay, but um, it would probably like the best way I could describe it would be like uh, in the core of the Crimson King mm-hmm. um, era, King Crimson. But then it, even then, it's only like a couple tracks from that. Like not like I Talk with the Wind or like you know, it, not even like Twenty First Century uh, Schizoid Man. Like it's probably like the title track. I, I it's it's tough to describe like like that's the thing like th- these guys were like the first prog band I was like interested in like I remember getting one of their albums out from the library because they had this um had like this two part suite of a song that was like it was like thirty minutes altogether or something like that and I just like never heard of something that long before so I was like super super into it because it was and it, like. The whole cover of it was super cool, and it was called like the Shattered Fortress. And I'm like, like you know, for, for someone who's really into fantasy and that type of stuff, like they, that, that that just like totally turns me on. So, you know, I really wanted to try it out. So, you know, I've, I don't know, I've just, I've been around. Trainathon is a great album. The rest, I, I don't know. I, I'm willing to try more, um, but at this point, I mean, it's, I, it, it's not really on my high on my to do list. So. This is um, probably a good segue out of this, but unfortunately, yeah. every time you say 21st Century Schizoid Man, the first thing I think of is Kanye West. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'll ever be able to even just hear that name again and not. Because I, that, I, to be I, fair, I, don't, I don't think you're the only one. To be fair, um, I, I do think that's a really cool, like, the way that they, he samples it. Yeah. And oh, yeah. That album, you know what? That album has a, a lot of great ideas. It just, I think, you know what? We're not, no. Yeah. We don't um, I, I, if, if I just wanted to end this off. Um, if anybody's interested, uh, I've like so listen to the track. Uh, there's a King Crimson track called uh, Frame by Frame, but watch it live. It is such an insane track. Like, for some reason, like, I found myself listening to it just over and over and over again for the past week. Um, it's really, it's, it's a really weird song. Like, they use like Chapman sticks in it and things like that. And, uh, Adrian Bellew's vocals are just like haunting. It's 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 a great track. I've I really just that was actually I was really disappointed that I couldn't find any like King Crimson that was like you know a decent price. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I really I really really want to buy some more King Crimson. because uh, I've just been like in such a mood for them as of late. Um, yeah, I bought. Um, I never remember the title. The one with the sun and the moon on it. Oh, uh, Lark's Tongues and an Axe and Aspic. Yeah, uh, that I bought that. That was one of the albums I got with uh, Music Connection. Uh, yeah, that big big buy. So I'm gonna have to go there if they have King Crimson because I, they, I really 
They really do. They have significantly improved their selection, I, I think. That'll have to be. I don't have to go sometime. But anyway, uh, let's move on because we've got a ton more of these. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm eggs. sorry. That, that, was, that was a really long tangent. That's no, no, no. I mean, that's fine. I, 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 love, I love tangents like that. that that's, you know, but... Uh, you know, but we don't want to be here forever at the same point. So, uh, <laughs> next album is uh, a pop, like an 80s pop group, which what do you expect? Because I love me some cheesy 80s pop. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the band's called Expose, and the album's called Exposure. Uh, it's kind of, I don't even know, I, I guess, I guess it falls under like, I don't know if it's like New Jack Swing or like High Energy or it's, it's, it's like one of those type of like synth poppy. Dancy, you know, hairspray, you know, using type of girl groups. Uh, it's really, it's really fun. I love listening to it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much in the same vein as like Paula Abdul and things like, and like Madonna for me. That is just like you know when you want to shake your ass a little bit <laughs> as you as you're off to do. Uh more than I'd like to admit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we should just move on from there. Uh, Joe Henderson, Mode for Joe. I I don't think I've ever actually heard this album, but Joe Henderson's like a really big. Uh, I mean, he's he's you know a very well known jazz musician mm-hmm. for his time. You know, and so I've never really got. I don't own anything of his. Um, I really I was looking for his first album, which I think is called um, Page One, I believe. Uh, but you know, I really like the cover for this one too. I, they, I actually I learned about this album because of that Vox video about uh, jazz album art. That was a, um, that really was a great video. That yeah, was really that well was, done. I mean, I, I think series. a lot of their videos are well done, but I think yeah. that one was especially well done. Yeah, I really like that. So I, I was really just like you know I, I was sort of in the mood for just like I, there's a lot of jazz I think in here. Um, so you know I was really psyched to just get that. I I think it's more of like a hard bop type of thing, but um you know, still that that's good with me man um here's one this next one i actually have never he- even heard of this like let alone listen to it um this is uh so the art the main artist is called a uh, hoto to gisu yeah hoto to gisu and it's uh he's working with he or she is they are working with uh, with uh, <laughs> whoever with, uh, they dominic are. ferno uh you know prurient <laughs> Uh, it's a collaboration oh, cool. album. Yeah, it's a collaborative album called uh, "Snail on a Razor." Um, Ooh, yeah. That just that just makes me the sound of that makes me uncomfortable. I don't well, know. Well, don't you know that that like snails can like walk over razors and not get cut? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a thing. Like, I, I and I think it's made famous because of um, "Apocalypse Now" because that's like one of Marlon Brando's lines in it. Interesting. He's like, yeah, he's like, I I want to be that snail going over the razor <laughs> like just yeah <laughs> the horror the horror yeah uh, so yeah I, I i was looking through the electronic section and i didn't really like they didn't really have anything in terms of prurient that i didn't already have like you know um I, I think they had one album that i didn't have but then you know they had like standard like you know uh frozen niagara falls and bermuda drain things like that but I just saw this one randomly, and then I noticed that uh, Hospital Productions put it out, which is a really, really good uh, like noise label, and like sort of like avant-garde electronic label. So mm-hmm. uh, I really wanted to try this out. I have no idea what to expect. I'm assuming it's going to be very abrasive, um, probably just a lot of harsh noise and like power electronics type of thing. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm really interested to see what it has. Um, yeah, so next up is uh, Mob Deep, The Infamous. There you go. That's yeah. a classic. Yeah, well, I, so I've been looking for some more hip-hop as of late to listen to. Um, you know, and I remember getting into this uh, a few months ago, because I had really never listened to Mob Deep before. I think I was trying to, like, you know, listen to some hip-hop that I hadn't listened to before. So I had, like, this on. I had um, uh, Most Def's Black on Both Sides on, which I, I can't say I'm a really big fan of that album. Um, but yeah, I really liked Mob Deep though. I thought it was a really cool, like I thought the Infamous was a really cool album. So you know, bought that. It was it was cheap. So or you know, cheaper. I, I I'm just glad to see it. You know, to even see it in a record store. So uh, I think that, I think that that that's like how I bought a lot of this stuff is because I just saw it and I'm like, I never see this. Um. So yeah. Yeah. That that's one of those. Ra- and this is kind of like a niche. 
um, idea of mine, but it's 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 one of those like unobvious classics. Like, yeah. It's one of those oh albums, yeah, it totally it's one of those is. albums where you say like name some hip hop classics that may not be the first one people name, but if you say is this album a classic? Because everyone anyone who knows hip hop's be like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like well, that's I, just I actually weird. have another one that that would fit this same label very oh, well. Okay. So, um, but first, I actually so there's a CD that I got that came in today that is actually I think the only other blind purchase on this, um, if I remember right. Yeah, or no, no. Uh, there's one other one, but um, so it's a composer by the name of Olga Newworth, um, and it's basically just a like a collection of uh, chamber pieces that she's oh, done, cool. and uh, with the Arditi String Quartet doing a couple of them, which um, they're they're kind of like you know the Kronos Quartet in that they do they cover a lot of like avant garde music. Um, they I I got to know them through. They did a uh, collection of um, uh, oh God, Webern's um, string pieces, uh, which they do a beautiful, beautiful rendition of uh, Lansomer Sats, Langsomer Sats, I think. I, I can't remember the name of it. It's, it's a really good string piece. Um, they, they do it justice and so much more. Um, so, yeah, I, I only... I, I think I came into this thing because I was... Um, I was just looking around, like, like for, like, I, I think I was writing about something. I was looking, like, for, like, names of, like, you know, contemporary composers. And then I found, like, this article that was all about, um, mod, like, contemporary composers that you should know about, kind of. And it was mm-hmm. it was all women composers, which I, I thought was, was pretty cool. Um, and this, I, I just happened to just click on a YouTube video with, with her name on it. And what I heard sounded really cool. So I just kind of looked into it, and they had, you know, like, relatively cheap CD uh, off of Amazon. I'm like, why the fuck not? So Nice. Yeah. Uh, so next one, Raekwon, only built for Cuban links, which I, I would say fits that, that label of, you know, not an instant classic, but, like, still a classic in a way. It's, I think it's a bit more recognizable. For, I totally agree that it's, it's not yeah, but like, first pick. Uh, like Especially me, when it comes to like the Wu Tang, you know. Obviously yeah, do the, the, that's what I mean. Is it, it, the, like when I when I think of like you know East Coast, you know Staples, I you know Illmatic, uh, Enter the Wu Tang, Liquid Swords, uh, Supreme Clientele. I would probably say Fish Scale, but you know, in you know Cuban Links is around there, but I just mm-hmm. never think of that one um, as much for some reason. Um, you know, I think it's been a while since I've listened to it, but I, you know, I'm, I'm just glad to have some more East Coast uh, hip hop. You know, I, I, we we were talking about this the other day. That I I think I mean East Coast over West Coast any day. So yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously um, we're both from the East Coast, but I think just musically, um, it just the type of hip hop I prefer is definitely more East yeah. Coast, and I think just quality wise, it's better. Um, yeah, definitely. It's it's really hard to find like a bad East Coast rapper. Uh, well, it, unless you count like you know one of the new guys, like like, on a, like one of the ASAP Mob, maybe. I don't oh know. yeah, they they yeah they're uh, I forget they're from New York. They're, yeah. they're specifically they like they pump up being East Coast. Yeah, like, but they, I mean maybe I, not. I, I I'm thinking more about like traditional East Coast. I guess like that that old boom bap style. So. For sure. Yeah, I totally um, get you. Anyway, uh, Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum. Inglorious hey, Times. Yeah, I, have you ever listened to these guys? Uh, I've not listened to a lot of them. What I've heard, I think, is really fun. Yeah, I, I was just listening to their first album again because I, I bought it uh, a while ago and I just had it on again. I'm like, this is so freaking good. Like, this is like, like do you remember when we did that? Um, we were trying to figure out an album to do for avant garde metal way back when we were doing Heavy Vanguard. And yes. Yeah, I think we ended up picking uh, Chaos and Confusion. Yeah, like, m- much to your chagrin. Yeah, but uh, like listening to like Sleepy Town Gorilla Museum, I'm like, we we really should listen to these guys instead, because <laughs> like I like grand opening and closing, which is their first album, I think is just fucking great. And so you know, I was really psyched to see this at Portsmouth, and I'm like, just totally getting this because they only have like three albums, three or four albums. So you know, just getting what I can, man. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Yeah, just super well done avant garde metal. Um, which and it, I mean, heavy emphasis on avant garde because <laughs> they get super fucking weird. Um, 
anyway, Slint, Spiderland. Nice. I am surprised to hear that. But. I know. I was surprised. I, I didn't think that I would even see a copy of it. And they had one under 10 bucks, even. And uh, I bought the shit out of that. <laughs> it, I, as I, when I was ripping it yesterday, they, uh, for some reason, the, the, the disc is just completely blank. Like, like, like in terms of like graphics. Like, so you, you can't even tell which side is which. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. And annoying, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, very <laughs> annoying. Uh, and then, then there's the, uh, the, there's a little note, I think, on the back of, of the jewel case that says, like, this album is meant to be listened to it in vinyl, as if saying, like, fuck you for buying this on CD. <laughs> which <laughs> I'm like, yeah, screw you guys maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, I actually, I have, I have that on vinyl because I think when I wanted to get it, I saw that and it was right around, around Right, ooh, excuse me. Right around the time I was starting to collect vinyl, so I was like, "Eh, why not?" It was yeah. pretty cheap. Yeah, I mean, I see. I've only listened to this maybe once, uh, and I only really only got into it like this year. Uh, but it's a really interesting album, you know. It, it's it's one of those like underground albums that like you know like it, it's such a pitchfork darling in a way, mm-hmm. um, which I, I I you know that isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like there, there's a reason Pitchfork likes those type of albums. You know? Yeah, it's a really. I mean, it's not exactly the type of post rock you'd expect, given how the genre, you know, what it sounds like nowadays. Yeah. But it was very, very influential for how that style developed. And in general, I think it's. I think it's just a great album. It's. It's very unique. There aren't really any albums that sound quite like that. Obviously, there. You know, there's some parallels for you know post hardcore and like early math rock and early post post rock that was going on around that time. But it definitely they did everything a little bit differently and. I think that's why it's endured so much yeah I, so i was just um i just remember because I, I had this idea for an episode uh not too long ago about uh doing like a desert island discs type of thing oh interesting. Uh, yeah which i think would be kind of funny to talk about but um you know be, because i was thinking like like this is one of those albums that like i don't know if i'm gonna like it every single time i listen to it but i feel like it's one of those albums that's worth having on your shelf because it's always worth going back to absolutely um, no i mean yeah. it, it's you know every time i've listened to it it's actually been a while i'm gonna i'm gonna take it out and listen to it um again because it's yeah i think it's it's been too long yeah all right so next up uh the smith's self-titled album um i i, I could have bought um uh what, what's what's the what's the other one the their last album um, oh strange ways, strange ways. Here, here we yeah. come or here i come whatever. yeah strange ways here we come yeah i um i i they had that used too. I was thinking about buying it just to, so I have all the studio albums. Eh, they're self titled. If you were gonna only gonna choose one, I think their self title is better. Well, I mean, I was gonna get the self title no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I was, I was like, mm, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so I, 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 I'm. This still isn't my f- favorite Smiths album, um, but you know, I, I think I was on vacation um, a couple months ago and. Uh, this charming man showed up on the radio. Oh, that's such a great song. Yeah, and I'm like, fuck, this is this is from like the self-titled. Like, I don't remember this at all. And so I ended up listening to it, uh, listening to the whole album over again. I think during that same like day, and I'm like, wow, I was really wrong about this. Like, so you know, I, I've been I've just been really digging the Smiths as of late. So you know, just want to start building up that collection because yeah, it's, it's not like there's much to it because now all I need is Strange Ways. Uh, Hatful of Hollow and Louder Than Bombs. So, yeah, I have I have all their albums, and I, I would say that um, actually the first one I bought was their self titled, and I was I was kind of okay about it. it. Just it wasn't clicking with me at first, and then once um, this Charming Man came on, it just it's everything. Oh yeah, fell into place for me. Um, yeah, yeah. It, I would it, say it, Real Around ways. the Fountain is a weird way to open an album. But, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, for me. Strange Ways just has, it has the most meh songs of any of the Smiths releases, in my opinion. It also has, um, I think a couple. So I can't remember. There's another one that I really don't like, but "Unhappy Birthday" I think is like one of the corniest, lamest songs they ever wrote. Um, you, the, the funny thing is, like, like I find a lot of Smith songs corny. Um, th- this one just was above and like, like I'm wishing you an unhappy birthday. It's like, oh, shut up, Morris. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Like at least at least he's like when he's corny sometimes he's funny that big, one's just big, lame. big mouth strikes again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like no, but 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 this, I, I find his corn some of his corniness is well, like, I find it funny, but that so, one. So so like uh, like nowhere fast 
I think is like or like um, Rush Home Ruffians. Like I think both of those tracks are like like just just kind of like that rockabilly almost. Mm-hmm. Like 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 it always reminds me of um um oh, what what's that Queen song that that they go all rockabilly in um little little thing called love. Oh um, yeah yeah. Just like like that and like um even like Vicar and a Tutu like it's just like such like just the the melody is just so odd and just like I'm like this is like this is Smiths like like sometimes <laughs> I or even like Mr Shankly even though that, that that's actually become like one of my favorite tracks off of the Queen is Dead um anyway yeah I I I've really just I fucking love the Queen is Dead like that that's one of those albums that like I I. I probably listen to that thing on a weekly basis now. Uh, probably, I probably listen to it a couple times a week nowadays. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I just really love it, <laughs> and I really don't know why now. It's I, like I, I think I've had like, uh, you know, um, it's over. You know, how I don't even know the title of that track now yeah, for some uh, reason. It's uh, I know it's I, over. I know it's over. It's yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I've had that stuck in my head for like the last couple of days. So just like, yeah, takes guts to be gentle and kind. Over, <laughs> over. Yeah. Um, so moving on, um, Morton Sabotnik. Uh, this is a collection of his two pieces, uh, "Silver Apples of the Moon" and "The Wild Bull." So, for those who don't know, Morton Sabotnik is like a classical composer, but he's one of the early. Um, uh, innovators in electronic music so uh, Silver Apples of the Moon is usually what most people think uh, when they think of him but it's it, it's it's you know how like early electronic music almost borders on noise in a way J- just oh. in, in in terms that there's no real like melody going on that it's more about like experimentation of sound itself yeah yeah it, it's a little bit like that but um Unlike a musique concrète or like some sort of tape music, uh, th- this is like using really early synthesizers. Oh, cool! So yeah, so it has this really cool spacey type of feel to it, like almost like um, like a little like like Tangerine Dream in, in terms of like that warm, you know, sawtooth synth sound that you can get, um, it, which it shows up sometimes. You know, it, it it's it's an interesting. Album. I was just I was surprised to even see it there. So. I mean, again, that 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 was part of the reason I bought it. Uh, as the next one, I was, I I think out of all of these, I might be the most psyched to own this. Um, Cecil Taylor, the world of Cecil Taylor. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, which I mean, Bull Moose in Salem doesn't even have a Cecil Taylor section. So, like, I, I was I was honestly surprised to see any Cecil Taylor, let alone this exact album that I actually really wanted to buy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I think it's such a great album. It's one, it's the album that got me into his music. Uh, well, that and uh, Conquistador. Uh, you know, I just fucking amazing free jazz album. Mm-hmm. Um, next up is um, Ben Webster Soulville, uh, which I in the past I think I've 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 talked about Ben Webster a few times. Uh, I I think he's an amazing saxophonist, and this is like a cool jazz album that I've. You know, I've listened to a lot, but I've never really bought because um, I, I think it's mostly I, I don't really know why I haven't bought it. I, I think it's a great jazz album. I just just haven't bought it. So um, and I was like, it's about fucking time. So <laughs> uh, and nice. finally, uh, final album. Yes. Fragile. Oh, yeah. Man after my own heart. Well, so I was thinking about getting close to the edge, too. Um but so the weird thing is that this uh, so you, we were talking about how you found like an album that was cheaper than like another album just like it. This thing was technically used even though it was still sealed. Uh, you know, like with like the sticker on top of love it and everything like sealing it up. Um, it was sealed, but it was like two ninety nine. Or something like that. Really? Yeah. Compared to like they had another one that was that was actually used and it was like six or seven bucks. And it's the strangest thing that like so I was just like, fuck yeah. But I I think the main reason I got this is because of the um the opening track roundabout. Um because I so here's a here's a big poll. I maybe if there's a couple anime fans out there, they'll know what I'm talking about, but um 
Have you ever heard of an anime uh, series called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Vaguely. Yeah. So it is. It is one of my favorite like manga anime series. I I think it's fucking hilarious. It is one of the strangest things you will ever read. Um, like I mean, we're, we're talking about like dogs, like uh, like like characters that are named after rock stars, and dogs that happen to have the same powers as humans, uh, gorillas that happen to have the same powers as humans. Um, yeah, uh, sunshine karate basically. <laughs> it's it is. I mean, it lives up to its name. So, uh, but so for the third series in the whole like because they they basically do it in like volumes i guess is the best way to describe it that they, like each like succinct arc i guess so the third um the third arc that they did was uh stardust crusaders i think and it was like this world um topping well i you know what now i think about it i i don't know if they had it earlier or not but i so for the anime in this one, I specifically remember that the ending, uh, like whenever the episode would end, it would end with the beginning of Roundabout. <laughs> I oh, there was a there's a music YouTuber I forget which one who he did like a a music meme where he referenced that. And yeah, like, it was like an anime, and I was like, I feel oh, like it's, this... it's a total meme now. Yeah, yeah, and like it was super, like he just did like things in daily life, and then like when it got to like that kind of. You know, climax point. It just did the dun dun boom, boom, boom. It's. I mean, yeah. that's such a great baseline. Dun, that's such dun, a great. Dun, 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 I'm a huge. My dun, dad had a copy of Drama, which is actually not one of Yes's most beloved album, but I listened to it a lot um, on our old turntable, and I've been a huge Yes fan ever since. Uh, yeah, I, I, I own. I own most of their early albums on vinyl. Um, I, I remember really liking Close to the Edge. Uh, like years That's ago, another great one. Yeah. I just I haven't listened to either of them in a long time. But uh, but Roundabout came on the radio. Uh, I think when I was like going to Walmart, I think like like a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "Fuck!" I I I forgot about like like I was like, "This is the JoJo song." Like this is the song. I'm like fuck yeah, like <laughs> so I was like I was just so super psyched to like you know n- even know that. So I yeah. mean it, yeah it's it. it yeah, it, it 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 like nurtures my inner otaku, I guess. <laughs> but uh, oh god, I I really like. I feel like we should have an episode that just talks about JoJo's bizarre adventure, honestly, because like they have like so like the second. I I'm just I'm gonna go on for a little for just a little bit, and then we'll get to albums of the week because I don't want to take up too much time. But in the second part of JoJo's bizarre adventure, they um the villains are literally these are their names. I am not joking. I'm saying this as serious as I can. Cars, ACDC, and Wham. There you go. That's... Those are the three villains of that arc. Cars, ACDC, and Wham. <laughs> That's awesome. Which is like, I I just, like, I, I, I just I just want to meet the guy who wrote and just, just give him a hug. Because I'm like, like, just, like, nobody else would do that. Like... <laughs> just but like there's so much of that like i don't give a fuck attitude that it just like you can't help but admire the guy <laughs> anyway so th- th- that was that was the the literal shit ton of albums that i bought uh <laughs> that i probably overspent on but you know what i was gonna buy every one of these albums anyway at some point so you know might as well just do it now anyway albums of the week scooter you have a, you got an album of the week for me I do actually. There were a ton of new albums. I'm looking at uh, my upcoming uh, playlist update grid for Heavy Blog, and there are a number of albums I could talk about. But the one that I've just listened to, I've listened to the most, uh, especially because the lead single, the first song of the album. You know, a lot of times I dislike when bands release the first song in an album yeah. as the lead single, just because then it, there's nothing new. But this is just is one of my favorites on the album. It's a fantastic song. And I've liked this guy up to this point. Uh, Lauren and I bonded over one of his albums called Bad Debt, which he just recorded. Just him, his, his voice and acoustic guitar. It was right after his son was born. They were in the woods, you know, in the winter. And it was just a really, it had a really raw power to it. But some of his other stuff has been more 
grand, including this one. It's um, His Golden Messenger, Terms oh, of okay. Surrender. Yeah. And it really clicked with me with this song. And Lauren and I both had the same revelation at the same time, which affirmed how I feel. But this sounds like Tom Petty playing Americana and folk rock, like really doubling down on that. I think it's mainly his voice, but also some of the instrumentation really reminds me of Tom Petty. Um, and it's just oh, really... The, 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 there's another JoJo's Bizarre Adventure character. The, 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 there's literally one that's named uh, Tom Petty. Like the, the, like it's it's like without the space, basically. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. A- anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it, it, it just... It's super warm. Uh, the, the production is fantastic. Like, it's he uses just the right amount of reverb to, like, keep it feeling organic and, you know, dusty and very rural, rustic, those kind of, you know, adjectives but definitely has this lush you know really well produced sound to it um it's one of my favorites of the year again i've always liked his music never really clicked this hard for me but this album is fantastic um you know definitely one of my favorites of the year and just that that, the first song which i forget oh it's uh, i need a teacher it just if that that sounds like um a classic uh song that an artist like you know when they're they're closing their set they put that on everyone would go crazy like it, mm. is, it sounds like that like triumphant like closing song that everyone's waiting for them to to play um so yeah just really really love uh really really love this album that that came out this previous week didn't it yeah and uh i listened to it a ton over the weekend and well i mean relatively a ton i think a few times but i had listened to i was so excited for this to come out i listened to i need a teacher like a ton usually i don't listen to lead singles that much usually maybe once or twice but i listened to that song a lot just because i really really loved it mm. it well it's it's funny that you that you talk about an album that came out like literally this past friday because i have the same thing uh uh not 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 his golden messenger mind you but just an album that came out but yeah. um uh cult of luna a dawn to fear oh cool um yeah like, like i've never been the biggest fan of these guys um uh, to, to be totally fair like um not to say that they're a bad band by any means it's just more like my yeah i've just never been able to like really connect with their music on a huge level i thought like their that that album that they did with julie christmas uh was a mariner was mm-hmm. was was cool but again it wasn't like something that i wanted to listen to over and over again um and you know when i put on this thing i, I wasn't expecting a whole lot but it was it was really solid, and uh, you know it, it warrants you know re-listens. Uh, in in my opinion, you know it like it's it, there. There's something really just sticky about some of the riffs that they write. That like it's just really um, it's well paced as well as well written. Uh, you know, and so I think it just you know it, it's a little long. It's like an hour and ten minutes, but uh, it was just an interesting listen it's really cool to have like something that's very meditative on when you're working on something you know at the same time so it it just it just kind of coalesced in the right way um yeah i was really psyched to just listen to this i i i don't know where this will really end up for me at the end of the year i I don't see it being like anywhere exceptionally high but i felt like it deserved a shout out because like it was you know it was just a really interesting album so yeah. yeah, I actually put it um, put it on, or I was going to put it on today, and I, I liked where it was going, but I just, I could tell, I mean, it's, it's over an hour long, Yeah, and I could just tell, like, I'm just not, I'm not in the mood for this right now, like this type of music, so I really want to listen to it, because... It, it, it's worth it, it really yeah, is. Yeah, because I, I own, I think I still own Somewhere Along the Highway, and I really like that album, yeah. but I haven't listened to them for a while. I think the albums I've heard from them are all really long and dense, uh, and mm. usually Isis is really the only post-metal that I can do that with, usually. Yeah, I, I'm usually the same way, but with uh, Rosetta. Yeah, I was so, going to say, that's why. Yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of why I liked this album, is because they, they, there's a lot of Rosetta like tinge on this thing, even though I think Cult of Luna actually predate Rosetta, if, if I remember right. So, But like, it just, they, like, they used a lot of those post-metal, uh, I don't want to say cliches, but like the, 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 those post-metal elements... Uh, but but they use them really well this time around, um, you know, just sort of those, you d- just sort of leaning into like this groove, but it's it's so progged out that like it barely feels like a groove if you get what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I get um, that. Yeah, so super good. Um, yeah, and it also just po- possibly the best artwork they've ever had. 
That it's um, really cool. Yeah, like obviously very simple, but just really really nice. Yeah, it, it, I think the Mariner cover is really cool too. Um, I think their best album cover is Vertical, but uh, yeah, I, I like that one a lot. Yeah, I I, I I actually really like that album uh, when that came out. But again, like it's been so many years since I've listened to it that like I just I don't know if I can really count it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was our episode. We will be back next week. And thanks for listening. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh iTunes pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast. Basically, uh, we are on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about, or questions, anything like that, uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Sayshara Podcast on Twitter, and our email I think is Sayshara Podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.